Um, there's no uh, concern with the things of this world. The mind is free. And they know that all of these sense impressions, um, they're there. It's not like they don't experience any. But the mind separates out from them. The mind is one thing. And these um, impressions are another thing. You see, the mind is merely the mind. Practicing to reach this point is not easy, though. But if we have effort and we train ourselves in this practice, then we too can reach it. But it does take time. When we have faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha as our refuge, we then set our hearts on this practice, following the teachings of the Buddha, and the teachings that also came from the Arahants or the Noble Sangha. Those who practice following this path and who themselves have discovered uh, the paths and the fruit, they know that this way leads out of suffering, for sure. They know this path with clarity and there's no doubts in their hearts. So when we follow this path of uh, sila, samadhi, and banya, it's the way that the Buddha has laid down already. And all it takes is our effort to practice following this way. And if we do, we'll gain clarity and we'll gain wisdom but if we don't and stay just like a child, they're without any knowledge. And like a little baby that's on a bed, that if it crawls in any direction, it'll just fall out. If it goes to the right or to the left, if it goes forward or back, it'll just end up falling out of this bed. Why is that? Because it doesn't know the danger that's around it. But if that um, baby increases its intelligence, um, and if it increases its strength, then it'll be able to rely upon itself. And so our minds are just like this baby. If they don't have any knowledge, they'll run after every sense impression they experience. So therefore, we do need to train them in this way of practice to bring up a sense of energy and also to endure and forbear with all of the sense impressions that we experience. Even though sometimes we may feel like it's possible we, might, we may not even survive, we still need to endure, to forbear. Because if we don't have this forbearance, then we'll just follow everything that we feel. If we feel angry, we'll follow that. If there's ill will coming up, we'll follow that. And there's much danger in allowing our hearts to do this. If there's any greed, if there's any delusion, our minds just chase after all of that. And it shows that mindfulness is absent and it's not able to protect the heart. The mind in that state is no different from that of an animal's. So we need to have effort, sincerity, training our minds. We need to put forth this energy even though it may be arduous and difficult. But if we do it often, then these qualities, these wholesome qualities increase. Our mindfulness gets better, our samadhi gets firmer. And when the results of this practice show themselves in the heart, then there'll be a certainty there within ourselves. We'll have the 
um, intelligence to be able to deal with greed, hatred, and delusion. And these defilements won't control our lives. Even though there may be anger coming up in the heart, we don't speak on that. And we do need to, to train ourselves in this as well, to overcome these emotions so that they don't flow out through our speech or through our actions. We need to learn how to give up, to um, relinquish or accept. Because in truth, there's no self. There's no one who's victorious. There's no one who loses. But if we don't know how to, to give up or to, um, to kind of declare uh, defeat, um, then that shows that uh, there's just a lot of kilesas in our minds. We don't know when to give way. And so Lumbucha uh, taught that if it comes in high, then duck under it. And if it comes in low, then jump over it. What this means is that we try to avoid getting hit by these sense impressions. We know how to, to duck away from them, how to avoid getting hit by them, how to escape. We see and contemplate that these um, Aramanas, these sense impressions, are just like that. And in the beginning, we may need to know how to escape from them. And then we go to a secluded place, some place that's conducive to developing peace in the heart. And this inner sense of calm is something that's very important. When our minds have settled down, then we can contemplate and ask ourselves, are there really any people? Are there really animals? Is there really a self? We'll see that these things don't actually exist. They're just phenomena, and just that. There's no being, no self, no me, no other. The mind is merely a mind. It's a knowing element. We contemplate till we reach this point, till we're able to gain this understanding. And when we do, then we'll meet with the truth. The greed, hatred, and delusion in our hearts will still be there, but it will be lighter than before. And in the end, we'll contemplate to a point where the mind experiences emptiness. It becomes free from the sense of self, from attaching to me and mine, ourself and other, because it's understood the truth. So in the beginning, this training, it's something difficult, it's not easy to do. And we have to endure with everything that we experience. So what we take first as the first point of practice is that of sila, of morality. If someone scolds us, if they abuse us verbally, then we try to keep our sila there, to have endurance, to not respond to them or not argue with them. And so, if the things that we experience, these uh, sense impressions, emotions that come up are very strong, we need to also have a great ability and endurance. And we can ask ourselves, well, if people shout at us, then maybe we can endure that. But what if someone actually comes and hurts us? Can we forbear with that? We'll need to use a lot of mindfulness and great wisdom to be able to do that. And the Buddha, he had this barami of kanti, 
of patient endurance. And he developed it to a um, incredible degree. There was one time when he was a bodhisattva in one of his previous lives that there was the king of Varanasi and um, this king, uh, one of his subjects had gone to listen to the bodhisattva uh, preaching the Dhamma. And he asked the subject, the king asked the subject, what is it that the Bodhisattva teaches? What quality does he praise? And he says that the Bodhisattva praises uh, patient endurance the highest. So this king had the Bodhisattva caught and had some of his fingers cut off, had his toes cut off, had his ear, his nose cut off, even had his skin peeled off. But after each method of torture, the king would ask the bodhisattva, what dhamma is it that you praise the highest? And still, the bodhisattva would reply, it's the dhamma of kanti, of patient endurance, that I praise. He carried on torturing the bodhisattva until he ended up by killing him. But even though his body died, his mind didn't die. And this shows that that's the Bodhisattva had an incredible mind that was above these sense impressions. And his samadhi was so strong that it was able to uh, deal with and suppress the painful feelings he was experiencing. But the karma that the king uh, made through doing this was severe and he died instantly afterwards. So if someone comes and hurts us, how will we respond? Will we be able to take it? And there's another sutta in which a great thief uh, was about to be caught. And so he ran into the monastery. And uh, he wanted something that could help him, that could save him. And so one of the monks taught him the five precepts and said, no matter what they do to you, just keep these five precepts. So this thief uh, was impressed and really taken by this teaching and he kept these precepts and when the people came to catch him he didn't fight back and in the, in the end he uh, died but because of the sealer in his heart he went to heaven it was his good karma that arose first after his death but that doesn't mean that the bad karma he made uh, just vanished that also followed him as well. So for us, the important thing is to train these minds and to do it a lot. We have this great opportunity that we can study the Dhamma. We're able to practice the Dhamma. and shows that we have much wisdom because there are many, many people in this world who are thoroughly deluded, deluded in birth, deluded in death, stuck in the cycle going on without any end. Because if we get caught in these things, there's no perceivable end in sight. But if we understand the truth of um, the first thing which really binds us uh, to the cycle, that of Sakaya Ditti, this uh, self-view, if we see that clearly, then we'll be able to change our wrong views into right views. We'll change our own hearts. So Sakaya Ditti, uh, this Sakaya, what that means is something which is very firm and embedded. 
So it's a view which is embedded firmly in our hearts, something that's difficult to change, but we can change that into a right view. So we can see that all things are anatta, they're not self, they're empty. Really emptiness is there within everything, which means that the Buddha, uh, the true nature of awakening abides in everything. And if we train ourselves so we can contemplate, uh, or we need to train ourselves so we can contemplate um, to reach this point, Every day we walk this path. In the morning and the evening we do our meditation, we chant. Because if we don't train these minds, they just stay the same. There's no difference to them. There's always a sense of self there. We have the self, we're born, then we die, and then we're born again. And there's no difference, there's no change. So we do need to change these hearts. Change them before this body that we have now breaks apart. We can meditate, we can watch our breath, or we can contemplate, contemplate all the external things, contemplate these bodies, see them clearly for how they are. Whatever we do, just be sincere in that. Initially, we build up the goodness of generosity and morality. We have a sense of sacrifice and giving up. And in not long, we'll reach uh, the fruits of this path of sila, samadhi, and banya. We bring up great energy uh, in walking this path. And when we do, the heart becomes bright and full. When we listen to the Dhamma, the heart overflows with joy through listening to it. And when I listened to the Dhamma of Nupucha, my heart uh, felt so delighted. It was full. And there was one time he talked with some Catholic uh, sisters and Catholic nuns who came to the monastery. And Lumpur Cha taught that really there's no religion, that it's all, it all comes together in the Buddha. And that really all different religions, they're actually the same thing. They're all empty. We denote these different religions, Christianity, Buddhism, but in truth, it's just emptiness. There's no self. And the heart, in truth, is emptiness as well. When I listened to this, it was like Lumpur Cha was pulling my own mind into emptiness. And there was a great fullness in the heart. And my body and mind felt very light, buoyant. After this talk, Nupucha turned to me and he said, was that a good talk that I gave? And I said, yes, it was very, very good. So he was able to talk uh, to these Catholic sisters and allow them to understand the Dhamma, but he didn't try to convert them to Buddhism. What he said was that it's all really the same thing. All these different religions are just the same thing. It's all anatta. All emptiness. So when we listen to the Dhamma, we slowly get pulled towards Nibbana, little by little. When we live our lives in the world, uh, we may uh, listen and watch many things that aren't involved with Dhamma, maybe different dramas, plays. And the more we watch these, the more we can get deluded in them. We start thinking that these characters are real people and what they're doing is something real. 
and our mind slowly gets more deluded in these plays or in cartoons, in songs or music we may listen to. But if we have mindfulness, then we can also contemplate as we're watching these things. See that really these actors, um, they have to die as well. They're just working a job. They need the money to live and to get food. We may be drunk on these uh, worldly things, but as we're watching them, we have mindfulness and we contemplate. And eventually, uh, barami uh, should uh, come to fruit. Just like Venerable Sariputta and Mahatma they had great barami. And even though initially they got lost in these various worldly pleasures, uh, there was also a wisdom that came up in their minds. And they saw that really there's no essence or no meaning to these worldly pleasures. Eventually they were able to attain to become noble beings, to become arahants. And their minds uh, weren't attached to the sense impressions that they experienced. So for all of us, we should really try to practice this way of Dhamma and lead our hearts along it, whether we are lay people or monastics. Today is the 21st of September, 2020.